Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Well, welcome to the Family Features Podcast. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and today I'm here with Rachel McCants. Uh, Rachel, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Pleasure. Looking forward to our conversation. Tell me a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. I'm Rachel McCants, an author and speaker and founder of R. Lindsay Unlimited, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. My health was impacted in a major way in 2016. A a growing brain tumor inspired R. Lindsay Unlimited, a business devoted to encourage, inspire, and challenge ladies to discover self-worth, raise their standards, and not settle, as well as walk in God's will in all aspects of their lives. I published my first book, Ladies As We Love Ourselves. It's a six-step program to self-worth. And now Christians hire me to ignite a dose of Jesus because most do not seek him first. They get too busy, get too stressed, and they fall short of accomplishing their goals. I support them to achieve growth in their relationship with Christ and become more productive through a morning routine. Bottom line, it's by his grace. Oh, I love that so much. So you've got a, you definitely got a story of what God's done in your life and your health and how it's led to you know, the organization you've created. That's beautiful. I love that so much. What, what would you say is one of the biggest um, passions of yours right now and, and what you're doing in your life? Right now, my biggest passion is waking up early and starting with Jesus and helping others do the same. And so what does that mean for you? For me, I have a program called Early Mornings with a Dose of Jesus, where Mm -hmm. I wake people up earlier so they'll be more productive and get more accomplished throughout their day. But ultimately, they start with Christ to deepen their relationship with Christ. And if people are working on themselves, that is just ultimately like there's no way that the world will not change if people are changing themselves individually inside out. So changing the world by changing individuals, by them starting with Jesus first. And so you're really literally saying starting with Jesus first as in the first thing in the morning. Yes. And, you know, I hear I'm a good way to wake up because I have so much energy and they say (laughs) I have a thousand watt smile. And so they're like, you know, how else to wake up? But besides with Rachel, uh, one of my testimonies on the website says second only to Jesus, Rachel is the best way to wake up. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I, think, I think it's so sweet. Yeah. So, so you actually have a program where people sign up, women sign up, and they can wake up in the morning with you and you give them, um, how much time do you spend with them as they launch their day? Yeah, right now it is women. But, and I guess because the whole organization is, it started with ladies as we, but EMDJ, Early Mornings with the Dose of Jesus is every gender. Oh, nice. So, you know, it's not just ladies, um, but yeah. Um, But what I give is, I say, give me 10 minutes, 
but it's really my goal to have five minutes or less. And I give them a story or an encouragement. Mm -hmm. And then I give a Bible verse or verses for them to go read and meditate on, on their own that relate to the story or encouragement. And then I give them a song to listen to and just keep them in a good mood all day and keep their mind on Jesus. Cause we got to walk with him all day. We just start with him in the morning, but you know, to keep that walk throughout the day. That's wonderful. And then I tell them to have a productive day in Jesus's name. Yes. It's amazing what that can do. Something so short, how much that could be such an encouragement and reorient the day because how we start our day impacts everything. And a lot of people started on their phones doing just mindless stuff. Yes. And that I say it's like a devotion on the go because it's so quick to the point, but you start it with Jesus and hopefully that will help you resonate with him all day. That's but yeah, most people are just going to the phone, but you know, I, you, now that you mentioned that though, I kind of am thinking about an app for EMDJ mm-hmm. one day. Well, we will see. Yes. I love that. Yeah, they do go there to their phone, so you might as well kind of tap into that. I, I think that's a great idea. Very, very, very good. But even um, basically saving a website on your phone, a link onto your, onto your um, kind of the icons is is a way to get, get there. What kind of, um, like, how do they access you in the morning? Is it through a Zoom call? Is it... Yes, it's a Zoom call, and my face is the only one that they see. Everyone else's picture is usually up. I have a couple that will stay on, you know, and correspond with me, but most of the people just wonderful have their picture up. Nice, nice. Well, and tell me a little bit about your book, because then that led to, in 2019, you wrote your book. Um, yes. What was the title of that? No, Ladies As We Love Ourselves, mm-hmm. a six-step program to self-worth. So mm-hmm. we're, we're going backwards, which I'm kind of fine with. That's good. Yeah. It works for me. So mm-hmm. we start uh, right now, EMDJ. But before mm-hmm. EMDJ was the book, mm-hmm. Ladies As We Love Ourselves, a six-step program to self-worth. And that is what R. Lindsay Unlimited started with. Because before the book was the grade three brain tumor on my pineal gland when I passed out before work. And I didn't realize how shallow I was until I was bald twice. And here's the picture that one of my brothers got of me when my hair was growing back. Love it. So good. He's such a talented photographer. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I didn't realize how shallow I was until I was bald twice after radiation and chemo. Mm -hmm. And so you said how shallow you were, you mean the, basically the vanity is probably that the right word, the way you saw yourself? Yes. Yes. The vanity and how much worth I put in having hair because I had pretty long thick hair mm-hmm. and by the grace of God it's all back now <laughs> yay. but it's yeah, yay completely <laughs> healed I claim it never again yeah. it has the possibility to grow back but I say never again yeah. um but yes I just didn't realize and so the lady the six-step program are the steps mm-hmm. that I took to regain my self-worth and my identity in Christ. And I still use those to this day. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through these steps and I was writing them down, I held a beta group 
And the beta group that went through it, they said, this needs to be a book because it was going to be a coaching program. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, let's make it a book. Jesus, this is your will, not my will. So (laughs) Jesus wrote and published that book. (laughs) Nice. And so tell us a little bit about those steps. What are some of those key steps that have really transformed you and others? Okay, most definitely. So there are six steps. The first step and the sixth step are my favorite. So, I mean, all of them are really, really good, but the first step is turn to God. And that is my first and foremost step with any and everything. Any situation that goes on, my first question to any of my friends or anyone I meet is like, have you prayed? Have you talked to God about this? Have you brought him into your situation? So first and foremost, we got to turn to God, have to. And that sixth step is exercise. I really believe in exercising. And along with early mornings with the dose of Jesus, I also do morning routines for people. And so I'm like, you got to start with Jesus and you got to have exercise somewhere in your morning routine. Some people do like to work out in the evening. My opinion, I'm just like, get it done in the morning. It just really gets you going. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nice. That's so great. and so important. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Of the of the six steps, which one do you feel like the people resonate with in terms of them, like that changes their life? Obviously, I love the first one that to me, it all comes back to that as well, of getting our focus on on Jesus, on Christ, on um, who I am in Christ, mm-hmm. what are you doing in my life? That to me, that's foundational. Um, what else? The step that I think resonates with most people, even though they hesitate on it. Mm -hmm. And I also do say the steps I give you every day for a week, they're planned out for a week and I give you activities to do every week. Mm -hmm. Some have called it a devotional and I'm like, you can use it that way if you choose, but it was, that was not the intent. (laughs) Um, But um, so it takes multiple weeks sometimes to get through the steps. And the second step Mm -hmm. is forgiveness. And I think that transforms so many people's lives because you have to forgive to release and really be set free. Because if you're not forgiving someone like that is really weighing down on you, that is not hurting the other person. That's not slowing them down at all. The burden is on you. And we're also called to forgive others as Christ has forgiven us. Yes. And it's to me, our theology of forgiveness is so critical. That too many of us, mm-hmm. our practice of forgiveness is, I'll forgive when I feel like it. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not biblical. That's not what the Bible says, that you, you put feeling yeah. first, and then you choose it later. It's the opposite. I forgive, even though I'm still hurt, I'm still um, impacted by something. Uh, forgiveness is hard. That can take, uh, as a therapist myself, and it can take years sometimes for someone to really let go of that because it's awesome to see them partnering with you and you helping them through that. Yes. It's not always easy, but I just tell Mm -hmm. them, take your time. And some people I know have skipped the second step and come back to it at the end. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Yes. Yeah. So it's not a, so it's not like a linear process either like the six steps. So like I'm done with starting with God and that was step one. (laughs) No, I'm always coming back to step one. 
Yes. And I do say that throughout the book, you know, I'm like, you're on step two, but continue step one, you know, thanking God throughout your day, starting with waking up and saying, thank you, Jesus, Mm -hmm. for waking me up this morning, all the things, keep that going. And uh, you mentioned forgiveness being a choice. Mm -hmm. You reminded me that love is a choice too. You know, it's not all about the feelings. You have to consciously, intentionally choose to love. Absolutely. So true. Yeah, we have this all messed up in our society. It is all feelings-based, all emotions-based, all personal identity-based. And it's it breaks my heart how you automatically start with failure at that point. Yes. Yep. And that, and that is what um, also, ladies, as we love ourselves, uh, this really all started with ladies as we wait. Because my passion is marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I am nowhere near marriage. And that's what, what drew, drew me to you, Corey, because yeah. you and your podcast and everything, love it. I have a passion for marriage. I would love to help restore it to where God originally intended it to be. But yeah. since I am nowhere near that, I would like to encourage us single ladies to be the lady that God has called us to be while we are waiting for him to do what he is going to do or who he is going to provide us with, if it's his will. Yes. And it's amazing because a woman that's attractive is not someone sitting, waiting, doing nothing. Right. It's a a woman who is active. And I remember before I married my wife, I was on, I met this young woman. And every time I called her, she was too busy to, to do anything with me because she was involved in all these ministries and, and things. And every time I talked to her on the phone, I only saw her once, but every time I talked to her on the phone, she just got more attractive because she was so giving of herself. And I thought that was so cool to see someone who's not sitting and just waiting, doing nothing instead growing and and deepening their faith and impacting others. So I love Amen. That. That, is, that is so good. I love yeah. that you say that and uh, that you believe that. Um, <laughs> it's so true. And a lot of people have said, especially during 2020, you know, your husband's not going to come to the door knocking uh, <laughs> like, hello, is Rachel yeah. here? You know, you got to get out and, you know, meet people and do stuff. You can't just sit at home and expect your husband just to waltz in. So yeah. I met my wife on a dating service. So um, oh. Yeah, so her and I met. We were living about 45 minutes apart in Dallas, Texas. And it was we met at equallyyoked.com. Oh, wait a minute. Did I know you were in Dallas? I don't know if I knew you were in Dallas. Are yeah, you still years in Dallas? and years ago? Long time. Oh, ago. okay. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute. You you you're not <laughs> that close to me. <laughs> no. no, all of our family lives in that area. So okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, but when we met, we met actually at equallyyoked.com and my wife's I was working there and she, I remember putting her picture online and doing all that and kind of going, eh, because I was focused on the word Methodist and I'm a Baptist and it's like, eh, whatever that is, I don't even know what that means. And it's wild because she emailed me one day, just kind of basically raising her hand saying hi. And 10 months later, we were married. Wow. And so it's weird to, to see how fast life can change um yeah 10 months later wow that's so great neat yeah but i love your passion for marriage too because i when i first started counseling my first two and a half or so years 
I was a single guy working with couples and marriages and families and parenting. And but the way that I did that was it all came back to what the Bible says, not a lot of times we get caught in the weeds of practical steps. We, we like those. Tell me what to do. And it's like, no, let's come back to the Bible. Let's come back to a biblical foundation of what marriage is. So I love that you're investing in women uh, in that way and others too, as you said, in, in your um, mornings with Jesus. Yeah. yeah, most definitely. And I'm actually reading this book right now called mm -hmm. Love, Sex, and Dating by Andy Stanley, mm -hmm. Charles Stanley's son. Yes. And it's so good. He has me memorizing 1 Corinthians 13, um, 4. I can't think of how many verses they are. Right now I'm on six because I'm memorizing them. The love verses, love is patient, love is kind. It is you know, and so because you're supposed to love, and if you can't love your boyfriend or girlfriend that way, it does, there's not a uh, switch that flips when you say I do. So you have to work on that before you get married. Yes. Yeah. yeah to me, the relationship prior to the wedding is very revealing. Yes. And if, if we're struggling and struggling and struggling when we're dating, you're going to struggle in marriage and it's not going to be what it could have been. So that prior to the wedding is a true test, if you will, of, of who you are. If you don't have, if you can't keep sexual boundaries, well, guess what's probably going to happen in your marriage? So that scares me for people. It's like, there, it's so important to have a belief system and an ethic that's founded in the Bible. Um, because of that stage of life with someone or even with multiple people where you might date for a while and then realize this is not the right person, it shapes us. It really does. For some of us, it jades us too. Mm. Makes us so a lot of hurt. Yes. You yeah. said a word there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. For sure. It really does. It really does. And you have to be uh, careful with who you attach yourself to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I work with a lot of married couples right now and it just blows my mind how, how much hurt is there. And it's like, that is not what marriage is meant to be. Um, and you got married, but then you created this mess too. Every day you made decisions that made it worse and worse or, or more normal, the hurt versus a surrender and a giving of self and a sacrificial and caring, nurturing and uh, Gary Thomas, who wrote the book Sacred Marriage, one of his later books that I love is he titled it Cherish. I just mm -hmm. love that word, cherish. Um, being able to cherish our spouse. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that season of when you were, um, when you found out you had a brain tumor and your life kind of got blown to pieces. Like what, how was yes. that thing? So it was actually the best thing that could have ever happened to me, hands down. Funny thing is, I told my best friend a week before I passed out with the brain tumor, nothing ever happens to me. I have been through nothing. I have no story to tell. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Literally, I told her that a Saturday. And oh. then on Sunday, I passed out with the brain tumor before work. Oh, uh, but before, so before 
the brain tumor. Uh, I grew up as a Christian, but the brain tumor gave me a whole new relationship with God and my family and myself. It's just the best thing that happened ever. And when I usually give my story during mm-hmm. speaking engagements, I say, you know, and I got out of a full-time job. Oh. <laughs> like, I guess now I work for myself. Yeah. Um, so is it, well, really for God, I, Arlen's Unlimited <laughs> is not mine. I am simply the founder, not the CEO. God is the CEO. He's <laughs> working that. Um, but so it was just such a big blessing because I really felt like I did not have a purpose. Uh, I had no idea where I was going. I was in corporate, I was in retail. I always had multiple jobs. Um, but when I was working at this company, the showroom, it was really great. But then I was planning to move to California. I love attention. If y'all couldn't tell, but I always wanted attention for myself. And now it's like, I just wanted to, I want to show God. And that is the best compliment I ever receive when I go speak or anything. People say, you know, you reflect Jesus. And I'm like, thank you. I used to like the, (laughs) I used to like the, you're beautiful. Thank you. I'll take it. But now I'm like, when you say you saw Jesus and me talking, like, that is my goal now. That is always the intention. Oh, I love that. Um, but so before the tumor, I was um, on Rachel's plan and I was doing what Rachel wanted to do. Rachel was going to California. Rachel was going to be a dancer. Rachel was going to do all this stuff, even though I am a certified Zumba instructor <laughs> and God had other plans. And so I was shook for lack of a better term. I had no idea what was going on and no idea what to do. The best thing about the brain tumor season is that God was always a million of steps ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I would always see it. I had no idea what was going on, but it's just like one step get kept getting placed in front of me and I would take it. A door would open and I would walk through. He, from me passing out, then going to the 24-hour emergency room Mm -hmm. and the intake nurse who took me in said, you know, you helped me at the showroom with my daughter. She's like, I know exactly who you are. And so that was even a blood. God is good. Mm -hmm. Oh, and so let me actually, let me go back. I, um, that morning before it was discovered, I got sick and my mom said, you know, you were probably having a migraine. Let me go get you some migraine meds from Walgreens that was down the street. So mm-hmm. I took those meds and I was on my way to work. And she asked if she, if I wanted her to drive me first. And I said, no, I'm probably fine. And I was going to teach a dance class to some young girls at the showroom. And I was super excited about this mm-hmm. dance routine. And so that's when I got to the garage across the street from the showroom and I hopped out of the car, then I passed out. And this, and that is honestly when I heard God say, I got this, watch Mm -hmm. me work in that nick of time after I passed out and I didn't know what was going on. And I was laying on the ground, a car came right down the ramp at at that specific time. And the lady stopped and said, would you like me to call someone for you? And I said, yes, because I had no idea what was going on. An ambulance came and everything. And, but I was also able to call my mom and her and my sister came to take me to the 24 hour emergency room. 
that's where the tumor was discovered. Then I was transferred to Baylor, the large hospital. Mm -hmm. And then I was, well, I was diagnosed with the tumor and then I went to Baylor and then I needed a biopsy and then I needed brain surgery and then I needed radiation and then I needed chemo. And so it's just step by step by step. Mm -hmm. But what I mean when I say God had me the whole time, he gave me peace in every circle at every turn. He gave me peace and grace. And then on top of everything, I never received a medical bill for the brain surgery, for chemo, for radiation. And the initial medical bills that I had, the job that I had at the time, like um, the other showroom managers and my staff, they all made a you caring account for me. And they that covered my initial medical bills. My uncle stepped in and covered my other bills. Then social security was covered. Uh, I was approved with my first application. And I hear that never happens or rarely happens. It happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just like, God, you were all over this. Like I didn't have a chance to worry. I was not walking fully with God before I grew up as a Christian but my attention and intention was not always on God before this brain tumor. Yeah. How long was that journey from when you passed out until you kind of came to the other side of that? What was the time span? The other side of like waking up or brain surgery? No, brain surgery, chemo, radiation, all the medical, just craziness. Uh well, I will have MRIs for the rest of my life. Right. But <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad the, the yes. spine taps are over. I'm happy oh. about that. Yes. Um, but um, it was maybe a year, okay. 16, 17, 18, maybe three years. No, two years, maybe two years. Okay. Because um, my five-year anniversary for chemo was just this past August. Oh, wonderful. My last day of chemo was August 27th, 2017. Wow. Well, yay. Yeah. So neat to see. And so neat to see how God's hand was in, in all that. Um, it's totally different, obviously, looking backwards. But it yes. sounds like even in the middle of it, you felt his hand. You felt his protection. You felt his um, his his plan even, which is so hard and crazy to say his plan even because he was drawing you to him yes i often say he had to physically break me to help me and get me on the path that he wanted me to be on and what is so amazing about god he is just so awesome is he really set everything up in order Mm -hmm. from me leaving my corporate job to going to run a showroom. And when I ran this showroom, it was like me running my own business. I did profit and loss statements. I mm-hmm. hired and fired. I did all the things yeah. of the business. And now I have my own. And so, but even while I was in that showroom manager position, the company that I was under, they advocate for you figuring out what you want to do they want to know your dreams your ambitions your strengths what you actually want to do because they want to help you do it so before the tumor before I got to this showroom manager position I really didn't know what I was doing Mm -hmm. I was in communication because I have a major in communication a minor in English I was working at television station I was enjoying it Mm-hmm. until I didn't. And then I was just like, okay, so I'm just going along with life. I didn't have a purpose or a plan 
but God did. Yeah. And it's amazing to think of all the people you're influencing right now and how it's scary too, to think that some of them are going to need to go through some things that they're not going to understand as God leads them towards him. Yeah. Um, I feel like we live too many of us live our life centered around ourselves, centered around my, my dreams, my passions, my talents, not God, what do you want me to do? How do you want to use me? My neighbor needs help. There's others right around me that need help. And I have a skill set, a passion, um, an energy like your energy um, that can be used for his glory. Yes, amen. And you reminded me of one uh, something one of my friends says. She's hilarious. She says, you know, I tell God often that I admire you and his relationship, but I don't want a brain tumor. <laughs> you know? yeah. yes. yes. And that's what I see in, like in marriage counseling. A lot of the couples that I look up to have been through adultery. Mm. And so I've, I used to say, I would love to have that kind of marriage that I see, but I'm not going that route. So how else do you get there? Well, there's other traumas. So yeah. everyone's going to have a different one, but I would almost dare say, careful what you wish and pray for. <laughs> For sure, it's not fun, it's not easy, but God is the redeemer, amen. Whether it's children that go astray, whether it's um, the death of a child, which is one of the worst, whether mm -hmm. it's a brain tumor, um, sometimes even losing your marriage completely, and that ending that's not our plan, you know, as, as I think of people I talk to, and, but it's neat to see what God does in their life beyond that. Um, to, to basically draw them, draw them to him. So beautiful. I love that. Yeah. And it is, um, I think it's a special type of strength mm -hmm. and faith to be able to forgive adultery in a marriage. Yeah, it is. And I admire people who can overcome that. Like you said, like, Oh, I want a marriage like that. I don't necessarily want to go through that, but like I admire them for being able to stick it out my parents divorced uh, when I was five and mm. that took a hard toll on me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what book you write here in a number of years <clears throat> when you're married and kiddos and <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I know. Yeah, we will see. I'm, I'm excited about that too. Um, but you know, I'm leaving it all in God's hands. Mm -hmm. And your God's website hands. is R Lindsay, L I N D S A Y unlimited.com. Yes, sir. Right. Okay. And the link will be in the, the show notes as well, but R Lindsay.com. There you can access your book. Um, the EMDJ that stands for yes. early yes. morning with the dose of Jesus, the dose of Jesus. Yes. And that's where you can sign up for that as well with you and find out more. And do you uh, do speaking engagements and I do. I Wonderful. do do speaking engagements. Great. So people can book you that way as well. Love that. Yeah. Would love to come. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you and a pleasure getting to know you. Um, any kind of last words for the audience? Turn to God first. That's all I got. Love it. Love it. Love it. Well, bless you and thank you and look forward to future conversations and seeing all God's going to continue to do with your life. Yes, thank you for having me, Dr. Corey, Dr. Gilbert. I really have really enjoyed you and this podcast today. 
My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at BookDrG.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.